In the podcast, I often talk with pickleball pros about how to improve your game from a strategy and technique perspective. But I love talking to national champion Brett Noel as he discusses how to get the right mental state to improve your game. So let's get to the intro to hear from Brett. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Brett Noel. How are you doing today, Brett? I am doing fantastic. I woke up in the body and I got to play pickleball all day today. So it's a beautiful day. Yeah, from what you were saying earlier, you really got to play a lot of pickleball but we'll get into that in a second. I do normally like to start off with a little bit about your pickleball background, how you got started and when that was. I think it's about seven years ago. Prior to pickleball, I had no sports background. So I was always just in a corporate America. I was one of those guys that just worked all the time. And then a friend of mine one day in San Diego, I was visiting, asked me if I've ever heard of pickleball and if I'd like to play it. And I told him just the fact that it's called pickleball, I'll pass. But he got me on the courts. I played for about three hours, and then I couldn't walk for three days. Every muscle in my body ached and was sore, but I fell in love with the sport. And then I I went back to my hometown. About a couple months later, a, a local community park offered pickleball training. And I was all excited joined, signed up, and I learned how to play pickleball. And then come to find out later, most of what was taught incorrectly. So I had to unlearn a lot of stuff uh, that was taught. And, and how do I, how did I know I was taught incorrectly? Every time I go to a tournament and I got beat, I go, oh my God, what was that? Oh my God, where did you learn that move? And how, why are you hitting it that way? And so I had to unlearn a lot of stuff. And then I became competitive. I just practiced. I was one of those guys that was on the pickleball court when it was 39 degrees outside and it's 6 a.m. in the morning or it's 110 outside. And I'm the only one on the court, but I'm the one that was practicing my serves and my drops and my techniques. And so I became a competitive player, won gold medal at nationals three years in a row with two different partners. And then I started getting into coaching and training, and I was fortunate enough to start to learn how to teach pickleball by some of the best players in the world, some of the top professional players in today's sports. I look back and and going, God, how lucky was I to be side-by-side with Tyson McGuffin, learning how he teaches and his techniques, and Jordan Briones, and DJ Howard, and Hall of Famers like uh, Gigi LeMaster, Jennifer LaCour. So when I look back, I'm very blessed in regards to the players that I got to hang out with and learn how to teach pickleball. And then to this day, the last three or four years, I'm a full-time instructor and I travel the world and the United States just teaching pickleball with Engage. And I certify other coaches in regards to how to teach players to play pickleball correctly. And I love it. This is what I do full time. That is a great introduction. And there's so many questions I just want to ask even from that. But the first one is, 
I know a lot of tennis players when they come into the sport and they when they first hear about it, they really don't want to play given the name of the sport. But given that you had no sports background, really, I'm curious as to why when you heard about the game being called pickleball, you kind of wanted to pass. Well, I just thought it was a funny name. And I thought, what kind of game is pickleball anyways? I mean, it's like, I got, I'd rather do some other things. And I actually didn't have any idea what pickleball was. I had no idea until my friend just convinced me to get on the court. And we just started hitting back and forth. And it became so fun. And more, I think more than anything, was the people. It, and I, to this day, I will tell everyone that the nicest people in the world are pickleball players. And from the moment I got on the court, I was welcomed. They were showing me what type of paddle to use, the different types of paddles. They were showing me the rules of the game. Just everyone was very friendly. And I just thought, what other sport is there where a stranger can come up and ask, what are you doing? And they say, hey, it's called pickleball. Let me show you the rules. Let me let you borrow my paddle. Let me teach you how to play. And just everyone was laughing and having a good time. And I thought, this is something I really would like to learn more of. I can definitely relate to that. That was how it was for me, too, when I started just over four years ago. And one of the really interesting things you said, too, in your introduction was that you had to unlearn a lot of things. I guess I'm really curious as what that was and how you ended up learning in the correct way. Well, a part, a lot of it was interesting was when I would go onto a court or when I started playing competitive, competitive pickleball. And if I lost, I would always ask my opponents two questions. I would ask, First, I congratulate them on the win, and I would say, to help me become a better pickleball player, what was your strategy? So I wanted to know what their strategy was. And then I asked them, is there anything about my game that you would say, I need to change, I need to work on? And I would always get some great advice. I remember I was playing against in a game, Hamner, and I asked her, after we lost her, I said, is there anything about my game that you would change? And she says, yes, Brett, you're covering the sidelines way too tight. And let them pass you a few times until you move over. Why defend something your opponent has never shown that they can do? And then that resonated with me. I was playing against another top player and lost. And I asked him about my game. He says, yeah, you're trying to slice it way too tight. And so you need the he says you need the back up a little bit. Try not to win the point just by slicing it. And so that was an aha moment for me. Or you weren't covering the middle. So I'm always trying to learn the little techniques from every time that I lost the game. When I was taught, for example, dinking, I was taught to hit the ball between my legs. Right, nothing about hitting it with your backhand. Everything was taught about shuffling over and hitting the ball between your legs with your forehand. Well, I learned that that really became ineffective on a pickleball court. So stuff like that, I had to learn strategies that were taught were incorrect. And it wasn't until I started playing against better players and asking questions that I would 
that I learned a lot. And I think one of the best things that players can do is when I get on the court is to start asking questions, especially if they want to improve their game. Just don't walk up the court going, oh, my God, I lost another one. Start to analyze why did we lose? What was the strategy that they were implementing against us? And even ask them, what were you thinking about? Who were you attacking? What was your your thought process? And then I learned from that. And then I would go to the next game and try to implement that. And even to this day, when I'm training, I will talk to most players and I will, I will say, the reason that I am better than most players today is because I've lost more games than you have. And what I mean by that is when I get onto the court, I never went onto the court thinking I want to win. And of course, we, I want to win. Of course, we all want to win. But my mental state in pickleball was about improving. I'd rather lose 11-0, but know that I got eight more drop shots into the kitchen. I'd rather lose a game, but know that I got 10 more deep serves in. And the wins will follow. So I always came in with the attitude of what's the one thing that I want to work on this game? And then I practice that specific skill set. And that helped me tremendously become a, an advanced player. I'm curious, why do you think people have such a difficult time playing to improve as opposed to just being out there to win and obviously playing that weaker player when you've got two players of disparate skill sets? I, I think part of it, a lot of players don't understand the mental game of pickleball and willing to pay the dues for the long run. I always think of pickleball as a journey. And part of the process is players, I think, need to understand why are they playing on the court? What's their purpose? If it's just to go out there and have fun, hit the ball around, have some good laughs, go for it. There's nothing wrong with that. A lot of players that I talk to, they want to become better players, and yet they're not willing to pay the dues to become a better player. And they want to get into the mindset of just winning. And it's very hard for no one wants to lose, but, and we all want to win. But sometimes we have to think, is winning going to help me now, or is it going to help me in the long run? So, for example, if I'm playing against two opponents, I would identify who the stronger player is, and a lot I would hit a lot more balls to the stronger player because I know the ball is going to come back to me. Whereas today, a lot of players will simply hit to the weaker player and they walk off the court and, like they've got a victory. I always joke around and say, we all know the players that slam the ball to the 80-year-old woman in knee braces. And they walked off the court like, yeah, we won again. And I'm thinking, you didn't win anything. You just beat up a player that wasn't as good as you. And so I think the problem, the challenge for many players is you have to identify what's the goal. Where do you want to see, where do you see yourself in pickleball? And are you willing to pay the dues or pay the price to get to that level? And a lot of that has to do with drilling, practicing, getting on the court with a purpose. Oh, hey, wait a minute. I might not be 80 years old, but I am definitely almost 60 years old wearing my knee braces out there on the court. But no, I mean, I can definitely relate to what you're saying, Brett, because when I play in the winter, it's here in Connecticut, it's indoor, 
but you don't really have any court time to draw, which I do mostly in the summer. And it's like, I say to the better player, it's like, let's play each other. That way we can get our practice in. And who cares about winning? Absolutely. But a lot of times what I see on the courts is if they feel that you are the weaker player, they attack you a lot. Or if they feel that your partner is the weaker player, you don't see a whole lot of balls. And we have to, I try to convince players to change that mindset. A, a good example is I can't tell you how many times, and I, I often talk with other top pro instructors, and we get asked a lot by players, hey, can you come in? We'd love to play with you. We'd love to have you on the court with us. And when we get on the court, they never hit the ball to us. And we're thinking, you spent all this time and asking us to get on the court, but then when we get on the court, you never hit to us. The advanced players are not going to dominate you, but they want at least to have you hit the ball to them so we can hit the ball back to you. So we'll always play at your level, maybe push you a little bit out of your comfort zone to help you become a better player. But I think a, a good strategy is whenever you're, a player is on the court, identify who the stronger player is and hit them a lot more balls because you might hit them the ball and lose the next point, but you're going to learn something from that. You can, If you continue to hit to the better players, whether you win or lose the game, you're going to learn how to defend against their shot that's being returned back to you because at a lower skill level, that shot might win the point, but you might hit that same shot to a better player and you're going to pay the price. And there's value in that. I'm just going to break in here for a minute and talk about two of my favorite guests that I've had on the podcast multiple times. They are teaching professionals CJ Johnson and Tony Roig. I've decided to partner with them to provide online instructional training. Go to pickleballfire.com forward slash academy to get some great resources to improve your game. There is, and that fits in perfectly with your philosophy of stop playing to win. Yes, right. And it's hard for a lot of players. And I'm constantly repeating as I teach around the country that I'm simply better, I think, because I've lost more games than you. And I try and teach players, at least when they get on the court, they have to ask themselves one question. And that's one of the things I think that helped me progress as a better player. Every time that I went on the court, I would at least ask myself, hey, Brett, what is it that you want to work on this game? And one game it might be, listen, I'm going to be focusing on my drop shots to their backhand. Or it might be, I'm going to be practicing on drives down the middle or maybe deep, deep serves. So I always had a, an intention when I got on the court. And I would take it to the next level and I would ask my partner or let my partner know, hey, I just want to let you know this game I'm practicing my drop shots to their backhand. Is there anything that you want to work on? And then if he says, yeah, I want to practice my deep serves, what we've both have done is given each other permission to improve. We've given each other permission to fail. So if he misses eight serves in a row, I'm okay with it. I know that I've got a support. If I miss six dinks in a row to their back end, which is what I'm trying to improve, I know my partner is okay with it. We are both of the same mindset that we're here to help each other become better players. But if I tell my partner, hey, I'm working on my 
drop shots in my opponent's backhand, and he or she says, you know, we got to beat these guys. It's all about winning. I just realized that that player is not a match for me, and I need to sur surround myself and play with other players that want to help me become a better player and allow me to help them become a better player. And they, we both want to grow together and become stronger pickleball players. That's actually a really good point because I tend to be somebody I'd like to practice. I like to drill. I don't mind losing. I go on the court with a purpose, but I have to admit I don't typically share that with a partner. And granted, I'm pretty much just always playing drop-in. So I always have a different partner. But, you know, a lot of times I know my partners pretty well. Yeah, you know, and a lot of times, whether I'm playing a tournament or whether I'm just playing a rec game, one of the first things I always say to my partner, whether I know them or whether I've met them for the very first time, I usually tap their paddles and say, hey, listen, let's just have fun. Do the best you can. If I go deeper if I'm in a tournament or we're in maybe a round robin situation or a, maybe a competitive arena, one of the first things I tell my partner is, hey, let's have fun. And I just want you to know if we win or lose, I'm okay with it. Obviously, we want to do our best, but if you make a mistake or if there's you hit one out, I just want you to know I've got your back. Don't worry about it. So I try and put my partners at ease to let them know that I've always got their pack. They'll always get their backs. And if I can take the stress away from you, we'll just be playing better pickleball. And after all, it's pickleball. Let's have fun. All right. Well, one of these days, I absolutely want to get on the court with you, Brett, for sure. <laughs> that would be fun, especially for us over 60. It's a, a whole different strategy and a whole different game. I, it was funny because I was teaching these young kids pickleball and i will tell them i say a 30 year old when the mind says to the legs run and go get the ball the legs go when our mind says run and go get the ball the brain goes didn't we just do that a minute ago right no so there's a different strategy we in the 60 plus category and we're not going to play the same way that a 30 year old or a 40 year old what is going to play. So we're going to have different strategies. We're going to work on different skill sets and different techniques. And it's funny, it's one of the things I always tell these young pros. I always say, let life run you over for 20 or 30 years, then come back and see us. So <laughs> the fact that we're in our over 50 and still playing, good for us. Yeah, that's right. It, if my knee would just cooperate, I kind of have learned to work around that. And I actually, I saw one of your videos where you were talking about the serve return and the serve return doesn't necessarily need to be hard, just something up a little bit higher, a little slower, allows you to get to the kitchen line a little sooner. Great advice. Oh, absolutely. Matter of fact, I'm here in, in Park City doing a camp and one of the campers, one of the students came up to me and said, I just watched your video on you returning serve with a broken leg. And we were laughing. And it's about the understanding the strategy of pickleball. So as I'm teaching and as we're learning, if we can understand the why, everyone and a lot of these instructors out there, they'll tell you what to do and how to do it and when to do it. 
But I want to take it a step further, and I teach the why are we doing this, right? What if the if your ball pops up, why did that happen? If your serve is going out, why did that happen? So instead of just going, oh my God, here's another day where the serves aren't going in, or my backhand is always weak, or this always happens to me, start to coach yourself in regards to why is this happening. Why did that ball pop up? Why did I hit into the net? So you can make the correction right there on the court. And so we have to go beyond just the why, I mean, just the how to do it and when to do it and go deeper and start to analyze the why. Right. And I think as people hear this podcast, you've got some amazing advice and great coaching for people on the court. But I mean, people can get this in person when you do a pickleball camp through Engage or somewhere else. But you also have a couple different books out. Tell me about those. Well, what happened was one of the things I always tell players is be aware of pickleball lawyers. There's a lot of pickleball lawyers out there. And what I mean by that, there's players out there that are willing to give free advice. And a lot of times the advice is not really correct advice. And as many camps that I've done, and I've taught thousands and thousands of players, I get a constant feedback. Oh, at home they told me this, or someone else gave me this advice, and it really wasn't good advice. And so I decided I'm going to put together some training manuals and some tools that will help players become better pickleballers. When I won the nationals i won it three years in a row and i won it with two different partners so it wasn't like the same partner i had two different partners but the philosophy and the mental strategy was the same with each partner and people would ask would come to me and ask me what was your strategy what were you thinking what was the philosophy and so i ended up writing a book called a warrior's guide to winning tournaments and that's going to be coming out probably in the next week on amazon The book that I really have on Amazon right now is a book called Pickleball Performance. It has over 50 pickleball drills. And I, to me, I think that one hour of drilling is worth seven to 10 hours of playing for most players. And if I have seven days to play pickleball, I would drill six of them. That's how important drilling is. And so I wrote the book Pickleball Performance. It has over 50 pickleball drills. And then coming up was the second book in regards to a warrior's guide to winning tournaments. It's about the mindset, when to take the timeouts, when to shift, what the strategy is all about. And then recently I posted on Facebook, I was I wrote 50 drills that you can do against the wall. Because a lot of times I have players that simply say, no one wants to drill. And they have a, a, a challenge finding someone that wants to drill. So I wrote a book called Pickleball Wall Drills, and I got such, I got inundated with people that just wanted that that ebook that I wrote. And so I decided to put it in writing, and that's going to be coming out as well. So I'm hoping between those three books, I can get some of my experience and expertise to those pickleball players that just want to become better players. And where can we find those books? Amazon.com is where I have them right now. And they're both in hardback copy and Kindle. 
All right. Well, that's really cool. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I am definitely somebody who likes to drill. And uh, even though I have a lobster pickleball machine, I was playing at a court nearby and I it was basically set up as a tennis court with lines for the pickleball court. And it's actually here in, in Bristol, Connecticut. And honestly, it's ironic. We've got these courts near my house, but I rarely ever play at them, which is bad because I usually play at the dedicated courts. But I noticed they had a wall there for that came as a part of the tennis courts. So what? Yeah. So, I mean, just give us an idea of like one or two things that if you've got a wall or your house or your garage that you can hit the ball against, what can you do? Well, one of the things that I really focus on is really technique. So I will generally tape a, like with blue painter's paint, a line about 36 inches. And you can practice your soft game. You can practice your hard game. You can practice your volleys. You can practice your drops. And so a lot of times I'm just focusing in regards to using the wall as a good measure in regards to practicing my technique. Uh, whether it's a backhand dink, a forehand dink, or maybe a backhand and a forehand dink, maybe it's a dink drive. There's a lot of combinations that I share in the book. And one of the things, just for your uh, podcast listeners, I wanted to offer is, if you don't mind, if I give you my email address, if they just email me, I'll be glad to send them free a copy of my book on wall drills and my book on pickleball my pickleball drills as well all they got to do is mention your organization and i'll send it to them free wow that is awesome i thank you so much for doing that brett they sound like great resources and because i love to drill i will definitely put myself on the list (laughs) absolutely well let me give you let me give you okay yeah absolutely Okay, it's Brett, B-R-E-T, N-O-E-L, the number two, at gmail.com. And if they mention your magazine, I will give it to them free. Awesome. Well, we will have that here on the Pickleball Fire podcast for the listeners. And anything else that we should know, Brett, today? Now, invite other people, friends, family to get involved in pickleball. We're the nicest people in the world. The best thing I think that you can do to become a better player is to drill. And since a lot of players have challenges finding people that want to drill, simply do this. Next time that you have a court reservation or next time you and a group of friends are going to play, call one of the other three of them. And say, listen, we're going to play at 2 o'clock this afternoon. Would you like to get together about 1.30 and drill before we start to get a list of players that are willing to drill? And I always say, when people tell me I can't find anyone to drill, I always say, well, if I gave you $10,000 right now, if you can find three people that will drill the next 30 minutes, would you be able to do it? Of course they would. It's that important. I always say, if I had seven days to play pickleball, I would drill six. So drill, drill. All right. Well, great advice. And I thank you so much today, 
Brett, for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 